They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, I'm Ian Shepherd, and you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast, and we're recording this just two days away from the start of another county championship summer, albeit a slightly different looking one with the uh, rejigged three-group format. Somerset's first game is up at Lords in just a couple of days' time, and joining me to discuss that are Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and Anthony Gibson, the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset. And we'll start with you, Gibbo. How did you feel that Somerset's pre-season games went? <laughs> well, it wasn't exactly spectacular, was it? Yeah. I, I saw um, Tom Abel being interviewed on the Somerset website yesterday, and he said it couldn't have gone much better when everything to plan. Well, mm. getting beaten by Glamorgan is... <laughs> You know, if that's his interpretation of, of everything going to plan, then that's great. Um, I think what it did was actually expose what we already knew was the Somerset weakness, which is in their batting. Um, on the face of it, they've got a mi- good mixture of youth and experience. But, you know, too many of the younger players, Tom Lamonby, honourably accepted, Uh, have shown a lot of promise and haven't actually delivered a great deal so far in county cricket and in first-class cricket. And, you know, they're going to need to, frankly, if Somerset are going to contend in the county championship uh, this season. It was the bowlers last season in that truncated competition, the Bob Willis, that bailed us out time and time again. First of all, with the bat, (laughs) Jack Brooks um, in particular, and and the Overton um, twins. Uh, and of course, with the ball taking, you know, Craig Overton taking 30 wickets, at less than 14 a wicket, tremendous performance, Josh Davy Ditto. So we know the bowling's pretty good, but we've got to get the runs on the board in the first innings. Yeah, um, Tom Lamanby's getting the only 100 of that, uh, like you say, that sort of truncated um, warm-up campaign. I don't know whether to call them friendlies or warm-ups. I suppose warm-ups is, uh, is what you play pre-season and, and friendlies are during the season. Steve... Um, He's just about to take a drink out of his thermos. So I'll go to you, Dan. Dan, is that how you, is I'm that how you, is that how you saw them as well, Dan? Yeah, I mean the bowling. I don't think it was great. I mean, I I had a look at the numbers, and we were we our bowling average was thirty four across the the two and three day games. Um, but I suspect partly that comes down to the players obviously building themselves up, um, ready for the season. Um, obviously, they don't want to be bowling at full power straight away, but. You know, we seem to overall bowl a bit worse than the other, you know, than the teams we played against. Um, I'm not too worried yet because obviously, you know, it's it's early days and you can never judge um, the preseason really until the season's actually started. Um, yeah, Lam- as, as as Anthony said, Lamanby was the main star with the bat, wasn't he? Um, it was sort of sporadic innings, wasn't there from others? Um, you know, Abel had 150. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? To, uh, Roloff had a yeah. fifty. Yeah, Roloff looked quite good, <laughs> but I doubt he'll play. Um, but he had, you know, he only was out once. He had a fifty as well, which helps. After he got in, So yeah, it's sort of it's not brilliant, but I don't think you can ever judge um, a preseason until the season started because I don't think you can ever really reflect <coughs> a, 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 you know proper serious cricket. And even in the loss against Glamorgan. 
you know, we declared twice mm. in unrealistic, you know, in a situation where we wouldn't have in a real game, we may not have lost um, like that. I think that's what you want to get out of warm-up games, though, is you want to engineer them to be a, a pressure scenario for both yeah. teams. There's no point yeah, just, exactly, yeah. just one team getting 500, another team getting 450, and you shake hands after three days. Um, Steve, in the Worcester game, we saw the emergence of a, of a couple of young, quick bowlers. Sonny Baker, in particular, impressed me. Um, hostile pace and, and quite vicious in-swing, and then wickets for Ned Leonard in the second innings. Impressed? Mm-hmm. I think and Andy Hurry said, didn't he, that it showed how strong the academy is. I think he said, it was at the AGM when he said, you know, we we just keep bringing these players through, and already the players that this time last year were fringe players seem to be pushed on by these these lads coming through. And I suspect we're going to need one of them to actually play Championship cricket at some point because my fear is you've got a truncated season last season, probably quite difficult training for them over the winter with the various lockdown and they were furloughed, I think, again, for quite a long period of time. Um, We've got Jack Brooks, who is coming back from quite major surgery. So he's fitness. You can't think Jack Brooks will play every game. Lewis and Josh Davey are not shoe-ins to play every game and we don't really know about Marchant doing of course we've lost mm. Jamie so I think it was encouraging that that will come through none of us know whether we're going to get an overseas yet whether that's something in the pipeline or whatever uh, for me I was really impressed with Tom Abel I thought you know I love Tom Abel's bowling and if I was co-commentating with Gibbo I'd be probably He'd be hitting me every five overs because I'd be saying it's time to bring Tom Abel on because I think he is a better bowler than a lot of people give him credit. And he looked, to me, sharper, uh, even in pre-season, when you've got to guess that they're not going full throttle. He actually looked a real weapon. So my my thinking is whether if Abel is going to be our fourth seamer and we play Jack Leach at Lords, which I would, just because I don't care it's April. I think he's a, he's a world-class bowler he should play. That would then allow us to play the extra batsman and bat Stephen Davis at seven, which I think I agree with what Anthony's saying. I don't, I don't think we can rely on the top five and Stephen Davis to get the runs we're going to need early season in the championship, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I'd agree with that, Steve. Um, and in fact, I might have that written down on a piece of paper <laughs> in front of me okay. here, just playing the full season. Right? Should we go for? Uh, are you are you up at Lords um, in a couple of days, uh, Anthony? I am driving oh. up tomorrow. Looking forward to it. It's going to be freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> well, it, it, the, we're in the tavern stand because the um, the media centre is being refurbished, uh, and the tavern stand with the doors, the, the uh, hospitality box that we're in, with the doors open, as they have to be for COVID ventilation, uh, face directly into the northerly wind. <laughs> so it's going to be howling into the commentary box. And, and there's only, only going to be the two of us. Um, and that will hold good, I think, for the first seven county championship matches and the New Zealand game. So we'll be on the air all day, every day, getting freezing cold, and you can't move. And I mean, l- last year uh, in September, I... I was so cold the microphone was shaking in my hands with, with, we, with the cold. We and, need to be having words with the MCC. If they, if, 
we need to be having we need to be having words with the MCC if they can't find you a way of being indoors and COVID secure at, at the home of cricket. What what chance have we got? We've just um, built a new school box at my my club at South Devon, and that's COVID secure. That's two meters wide with a window, but. Well, I just hope that I just hope the scoreboard works because in the in the middle of the Bob Willis Trophy yeah. final last season, the scoreboard went down for about two hours. There was nothing on it at all, you know, which reflected, I thought, pretty poorly on the MCC and its attitude to the whole thing. But I'll not say, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very, very lucky to be able to watch some some live cricket when so many thousands and thousands of people would love to be watching cricket yeah. and can't. So getting a bit cold is should be the least of my worries. Yeah, I've applied for tickets to the first two days of the Gloucester game, which are the first time we're, we're allowed back. I don't know if you've done the same, Dan, but the, the cut-off day was the 31st of March. So I've not heard back if I was successful in the ballot yet, but I think they're... They probably want to keep the Somerset uh, the Somerset contingent as far away from the ground as they possibly can because we seem to have the wool over them in four day cricket and as we saw in pre season we just cannot win a game of uh, of white ball cricket in Bristol for love nor money. Okay. So, sorry, that was the Gloucester game at Bristol. Yeah, yeah, no, um, two, no the two T twenties. Yeah. Although I, no, I, I, I did like that kit. I have to say, it's not. It doesn't seem to be released anywhere yet or uh, um, with any images on the club website or anything, I suspect, because it hasn't got any sponsors on it yet. It's uh, probably one of the reasons why it looks so uh, so pretty at the uh, moment. That's but, a uh, complete tangent If on mm. kits. If you haven't looked yet, have a look at the Yorkshire T20 kit. I would be in my car driving south and begging to come back <laughs> as quickly. It is just horrendous oh, I, it makes I, some football kits look classy guys it I really thought it was does. an early April fool it was so bad but um, apparently not apparently uh, it is genuine okay. I wonder what Lord Hawk would make of it <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Sir Geoffrey would make much of it either Anthony <laughs> no I can understand so, uh, guys going back going back to Lords can I just ask are you all of the six Play the extra batsman mindset, or mm. violently disagree with me on that, Anthony? Well, I think bowlers win matches, and we've got we've got to, as Tom Abel keeps saying, we've got to hit the ground running, which means we need to win. And uh, I I play the bowler rather than um, rather okay. than the, the extra batsman. I think. I mean, I hear what you say about Tom Abel, but he can go for for a lot of runs. He doesn't have huge confidence in his own building. I think that's that's part of the part of the problem. And um, you know, it's it's very it would be very tough to leave out Josh Davy after everything that he did. Mm -hmm. oh, I wouldn't leave him out. Definitely wouldn't leave him out because I would be playing. I'd leave Marchin out, yeah. I'd play Overton, Gregory, Davy, and Leach as my full bowlers. Well, they've, I mean, they've, you know, they've signed Marchin today as, as a Jamie Oliver replacement, you know. Jamie Oliver? Um, Jamie Oliver. <laughs> 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 I'm sure he's a very good cook as well. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> they've signed him, signed him as, a, as a Jamie Overton replacement as their sort of secret weapon, pace like fire and all the rest of it. And I think I think they should throw him in at, in at Lords. Um, if the wicket's anything like the wicket last September, they're going to need someone who can make mm -hmm. something happen. I don't think there'll be much in mm -hmm. it for Jack Leach. 
Craig Overton flogged himself after death last September on, on the Lord's wicket without getting much out of it. And I think Marchand Delanger's extra pace might just be the weapon that Somerset needs. So I'd I'd put my faith in the, the, the top six batsmen, hope for okay. the best they're concerned and focus on the bowling. Take the wickets, get the win. I've I've gone the same as Steve. I've um I've left out Delanger and I'm playing um the top six. So who are you leaving out of that top six then, Gibbo, and who's opening? Uh, I'd open with, obviously with Lamanby and I'd give Banton um, the, the berth alongside him. So my my um, batting lineup would be Lamanby, Banton, Abel, Hildreth, Bartlett, Davis, and then Gregory, Overton, Davy, Delanger, miss someone out. Uh, March, uh, yeah, Delanger and Leach. Yeah. yeah. And how about you, Dan? Yeah. Who? Oh, Dan's frozen. Oh no! If only, Lovely. if only a family member had a brand new iPad that it's Dan could all, use. Yeah. Sorry, I'm back <laughs> now. I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah. You, you, you carried on for me, but. Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say you yeah. to borrow your dad's iPad, Dan. Yeah, we haven't received it yet. Have you not? Oh, no. No. It's due. I mean, we have had confirmation that it's coming, but, uh, yeah, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I agree with Anthony's approach. Six batters, five bowlers. Um, I think on the flat wicket, I think we want to have four proper seamers and we want to have Leach. Um, it, um, I know Abel as fourth seamer, it could, could work. It's not really been tried yet. I think it's possibly a risk. I think he works well as a fifth seamer, um, and given that extra responsibilities, is a risk, especially in the first game of the season. So I go, you know, four seamers and, and a spinner. Um, you know, I think we need a bit of leech. Just if it's going to be flat and if there's a lot of bowling to be done, we're probably going to want someone to bowl a bit of spin. Um, and considering also we don't have any part-time spinners in the top um, five or six either. So, um, but in terms of opener. I've I've been thinking about this a lot in the last few weeks. Like, who should play? Who should miss out out of Byron Bartlett Banton? And it is an extremely tough decision, and someone's going to probably be very disappointed. Um, I would go with Byron opening because Banton. I I don't think he is an opener. He is someone who he. If you look at his preseason, he scored. Uh, he had a, yeah fourteen off sixteen, twelve off fourteen. 14 off 18 and 38 off 51. That last inning was right, but I don't think he's that likely to see off the new ball, and that's what you want an opener to do. Banton is someone who, well, unless he really thinks that he can become a solid opener and not be tempted into, you know, flaying at wider ones, then I think we have we have to go with Byram because I think Byram is more likely to see out that first session. Mm. If we do go with Banton. I think we have to back him and give him a run opening because yep. he he needs to, he's going to have to learn it if he wants if he wants to do it long term. Um, so, and obviously, Banton is very attacking, obviously, and to be an attacking opener in England is basically impossible, isn't it? You can't, you know, the, the seeming conditions in England mean you have to have a solid defence and you have to, you know, you, you can't attack from the off in England, you know, usually. So. Banton would have to learn how to do it and we'd have to give him a lot of time. So in the short term, if we're picking the best side to win the game, then I think it has to be Byram to open. But then they got the dilemma of does Banton play 
or does Bartlett play at number five? And honestly, uh, it is an extremely tough choice. I think Bartlett's got that slight um, edge in terms of more recent runs. You know, last year he had a century. Uh, but I think Banton, it's easily forgotten that Banton did have a good 2019. He scored, you know, he scored a good 63 at Canterbury, 66 at Edgebaston. They were innings, they were pressure innings. And overall, he scored. Well, the stat that I like is that in the nine games Banton played, Banton was our second highest run scorer, and that was only six runs off Tom Abel. So he was successful in 2019, his first proper season playing Red Bull cricket. So it would be a shame if he misses out. So, but yeah, I, I honestly can't decide between the two of them. If I had to pick, I'd probably just go with Banton just because he's so talented. And I think other teams would be mad to, well, other teams would think we're mad if we uh, leave him out. But, I yeah. think I think you've yeah. got to pick don't him. Forget, don't forget as well, Eddie Byram has had an extended trial uh, as an opening batsman. I can't remember how many games he's played, but he's been you know he's been opening and batting since 2017 uh, without success, and he scored his hundred at Lords last season, not opening the bat the batting. Yeah. And you know I, I don't see there's anything wrong in having a, an attack an opening batsman with attacking instincts like Tom Panton. He may not come off. But then, you know, Lamon may, may not come off. Ben Green didn't come off very often uh, last season. But, you know, I, he's, he's as, as, as you just said, he's got the talent, the raw talent. If you look at those three batsmen, Bartlett, Banson and Byram, and say, which is the most inherently talented of them? It would have to be Tom Banton. That's no disrespect to George Bartlett, who scored an absolutely brilliant century against Gloucestershire. Uh, last season, he made he made it look as if the other batsmen were playing on a completely different pitch, or indeed Eddie Byram, who's a very very talented cricketer as well. But Tom Banton is a special talent, and I think he's got to be given a chance. I'm going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons now and say, could we alleviate this problem slightly by shifting Tom Abel up to open, oh. Byram at three? <laughs> And then you can have Banton in the middle order where he potentially would be more comfortable. Well, I've I've, I've been years that Abel ought to be opening the innings, but he seems to have set his face. I suspect he would have done so in pre-season if he was going to this season. Yeah, that that to me was the big tell that he didn't. I also with you. That still means leaving out Bartlett, doesn't it? I think that still means leaving out someone. Um, It's got to give unless you play the extra batter. So. Just one more thing on Byram. Um, he he didn't open in 2019. He he only played one game then. He batted at seven. Um, and then he returned in 2020. Didn't look great. Had a couple of handy 30s. I just don't know if we know for certain yet that Byram cannot open. And he probably is better in the middle order. Um, he has scored that century in the middle order last year in the final. He looked better in the middle order in pre-season, I think. But I think he does still have that potential to see out a session and because he in his first season did score a few good 30s and 40s but the problem is he's declined since and not been as consistent so I just don't think we know for certain yet that he can't do it or can't do it so I want to see a bit more I I hate I hate criticising anyone who plays first class cricket because they've all got my immense admiration. But my worry is that Byram can get into this rut where he's rendered almost shotless, let alone mm. scoreless. Mm. And that then puts pressure on Lamanby. And I, I don't want to have the situation where Lamanby's feeling too much pressure. He's a very special talent as well. And, you know, for me, a quick 
a quick 30 from Banton while Lamanby plays himself at the, in at the other end is better than us being 17 for nothing after the first mm. hour because as as bowlers you know we all those of us who bowled in club cricket know if the batsmen aren't scoring it's a heck of a lot easier to score to bowl i think the upside the upside of banton opening is much greater than any of the others um as as dan nails colors to the eddie byron mask i would love byron to bat in the middle order i'd love him to play with more freedom in championship cricket and see not see the the t20 version but see a little bit more freedom mm. but that for that reason i would play bartlett because i see bartlett's hildreth air apparent when hildreth is not playing in the future he will be our number four for a long period of time um so for me I, you know banton's committed to the club he's not gone to the ipl he had a rotten time at the back end of last mm. summer into the autumn with being in bubbles for everyone and not playing a game and I just think I think mentally he seems ready now from what's been said. I just I just give him exactly as Dan says, give him the extended run, say you're in for this this phase of the competition and let's see where that takes you. Let's not forget that um he's had a pretty rough eighteen months, Tom Banton. There was um there was a comment read out on the uh, on the uh, on the YouTube chat by the um the um I think it was Harry Everett commentating on the friendly and it was one of those flippant comments, but there was a little nugget of truth in there that said that oh, oh, we should be playing Tom Batten. He's a he's a flash in the pan. He's only had one good season, which is absolute nonsense. But if you think about it, he's only played really one season, and last season was so pivotal and vital for him to get playing cricket to is find out his role in first class cricket. Where you know can he bat in the top three? Is he better off in the middle order? But he got stuck in these bubbles and then in just bubble hell after bubble hell, waiting for the PSL and the IPL and whatever, hardly played in the IPL. And I think as a club, we probably owe it to him to give him as much um, mm. of whatever he wants to do as possible, just probably purely for the sake of his own mental health and to get him just back playing cricket and, and hitting the ball in the middle. And I think... We saw that over the winter. Jack Leach looked so rusty, didn't he, at the start of oh, the yeah. tour? Um, you know, it took him. It you could see it, it. We all know, don't we? You can bowl in the nets. You can be having the best preparation possible. Bowling out in the middle is completely different. And I think it. What happened to Don Bess as well, where he played, did well, then was left out, then was brought back in, and found it really hard. And I think, I think on the whole for this first part of the competition, we've got to try and play as consistent a side as possible. There will be ups and downs in form. I think because of last season, that's inevitable. But I think we've got to, we've sort of almost got to settle on whatever team we go with at Lords is going to be fitness permitting the team we're going to try and play with maybe a bit of bowler rotation. Uh, I just, I, I just think this is the weirdest season. I know last season was strange for a different reason, but you know, normally if we were sitting here, we'd be saying, right, Division One, who are the teams we fear? You know, what are Hampshire going to be like? Who's come up? What are Essex going to be like? We just don't know. We really don't. You can probably predict Essex are going to walk their group and get through. Beyond that, I, I actually find it really difficult. I don't know what Yorkshire are going to do. I see Lancashire are quite short odds to do well. And in our group, 
Hampshire without a load of coal packs would be a very different Hampshire to what we're used to. It's very interesting. So I think consistency and just saying to them, you know, one failure doesn't mean you're out of the side is going to be really important. I also wonder, guys, what effect Troughton's going to have on the likes of these younger batsmen. I thought that was a very interesting mm. uh, signing. I know he's technically he's replacing Trez, but I, I was really pleased when I saw that. I'm far too excited when a coach gets appointed than mm. I should be, but I thought it was a really good move. Yeah, he is irreplaceable, isn't he, Trez? He comes from a, a unique uh, unique place. I don't think there's anybody better in the world to talk about the mental side of batting and the actual technical side of batting and the experience of having been there and done that. I think he is a unique individual and that he's had his troubles with his men with mental health, which means he's he's in such a good place to um particularly at the moment with um they're talking about the bubble hell that these guys have found themselves in. I think he's gonna be a, a massive loss and obviously in England's gain and and we wish him well. And I think um, we know he was down there in uh, in his full England tracksuit um, for a couple of the couple of days of one of the games, uh, the warm up games just gone. But it's going to be very difficult to to replace him, particularly as he's you know he's he would have probably seen some of these lads since they were playing sort of under fourteens, under fifteens, Somerset. Well, he won't have seen Byram and um, Banton playing under 14. Well, true, yes. <laughs> Possibly not, unless he, unless he was on tour in Zimbabwe at the time. But, yeah, he, he, he will be hard to replace. But I think Jim Troughton, I don't know a great deal about him, but I think it's good It's good that we've got a specialist batting coach because that's been the weakness in Somerset cricket mm. for the last, goodness knows how, how long, since since Hildreth and Triscothic were in their pomp in the, you know, back 2015, 2016. Mm. And we do, you know, we do need some runs from these younger batsmen. They're, we keep saying how what wonderful potential they've got, what brilliant talents they they, they possess. But they need to convert all of that potential into some serious runs against some pretty strong sides. I mean, we've got a, we've got a mm-hmm. tough in the county championship. Yeah, Surrey and Middlesex will be close to full strength. Um, Hampshire, we have you know a, a difficult side to play against. Uh, always Dawson and Gloucestershire you know not to be underestimated especially with James Bracey going to be playing for them and you know very very widely touted as as the next captain to rank for England status the only sort of weakish team in the group really is Leicestershire and Somerset with that eight point penalty as Mm. well hanging over them well not hanging over them being having been imposed on them we start off at minus eight points it's going to be very, very tough to get into the top two of of uh, of our group, and yeah, I am. I have to I have to say, I'm slightly less optimistic at the start of this season than I was mm-hmm. at the start of of, uh, of last season, when so many other county sides either didn't take it very seriously or were missing a lot of their best players. This time, they will be taking it seriously, and there'll be a lot of very, very good players playing county cricket over the next couple of months. And Somerset are going to be absolute, have to be absolutely at their best to get through and come out in the top two of their group with plenty of points, because of course mm. the points carry over into the playoffs in the autumn. And then what potentially makes it tougher in the autumn as well is you're moving into September, dodgy weather potentially, a game against the weaker team of that six gets... Rain affected, you don't get your batting points, you don't get your bowling points, you get a draw all of a sudden. It's a very, very difficult competition to win this year. Yep. Which will make it all the sweet. I do think I do think 
the advantage of being in a strong group, though, is you can expect Hampshire, Surrey, Middlesex to all take points off each other. And you could probably bracket Gloucestershire, who, after all, are technically a Division 1 team as of this time last year. They were a Division 1 side. So there is that advantage that, you know, if it was, say, three very good teams and three much of a muchness teams, then you might... Yeah, but I, I, Anthony, I'm with you. I've, the, you just get those feelings when you've watched cricket for as many years as we have, and I just there's just something I just desperately want us to do well. But I think we've got to manage expectations here. And this, hate to say it, but if this turns into a bit of a transitional season, I think we're going to have to take the long view because I still come back to the the players we have coming through, and everything that this club is about I think is all very positive but you know this relentless pace I was thinking back to the the 2017 season when we were off the back of that dreadful end to 2016 and the fantastic win against Notts and then that fix at Lords that deprived us and we came into 2017 and we ended up basically having to win the last game of the season to stay up against Middlesex um, <laughs> against Middlesex yeah and you know you just I don't want to, to sort of start the season by being down at all. I'm just trying to be realistic and say let's let's just be wary of what we think and what we expect at the moment because I think it, it is going to be tough. And this format, this short format, it's a bit like in the World Cup, isn't it? That first group phase, you lose a game and it's really hard to get out of the group. And, and I think that could be the, you know, the top two is not a not a foregone conclusion by any means. Yeah. I think we'll be fine. We've got Middlesex who've middle we've got Middlesex, Gloucestershire, Leicestershire. Middlesex finished sixteenth. Well, uh, what's that? That's seventh in division two in twenty nineteen. Uh Gloucestershire, yeah, they came up, but we're better than Gloucestershire. Leicestershire aren't very good. <laughs> They've been poor for a long time. You know, we should we should beat them twice easily. Surrey were pretty poor last season. Yeah, they they will be better this season, but I think we're better than them. Hampshire, yeah, Hampshire are our biggest threat. But you look at that, sorry, sorry. I think we'll go through. That's, that's, that's just to be a, put a bit more optimistic spin on it. I think we're more likely to go through than not. That's the way I see it. I think it's going to be difficult to go through. I, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the batting lineup, and I, I hate to say it, but I think there's an 80 all out or a 90 all out in there waiting to happen. Um, I mean, equally, we can we can bowl sides out for 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 80 and 90, but I'm just. Yeah, just needs to be one or two more in in the batters, which is why I really want to just get the extra batter in for that for that team at Lords. I mean, it, it all depends on the pitch. I mean, we've hardly had any any rain. It's been dry as a bone the last few weeks. Um, you know, it could be a nice flat one at Lords, or it could have a bit of green on it. I think if three seamers aren't going to bowl them out, I think I think Abel possibly needs to step up and start being being more of an all-rounder because he can certainly do it he's certainly no mug with the ball you've got Lamb and B as well so going full circle back to the original start of the discussion I think we've agreed to disagree about um, whether we play the th I think it's the two-all split Mr Chairman yeah the three does that mean I get the casting vote I'll leave it as uh, I'll leave mm. it as two-all with my proviso of uh, having a look at the pitch on the first morning so we're undecided who do we think that Jason Kerr, Tom Abel and Andy Hurry will go with. I think they will play the four seamers. It's 
will yeah, they go with Byram or Banton? I think they'll go Banton. I think they will too. I think they will too. Well, I do think if they start leaving Tom Banton out, like they left Jamie Overton out and they left Don mm-hmm. Best out, how long is Tom Banton going to stay at Somerset? You know, yeah, that's what I worry about as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if you you've just got to look at the potential of the players and think, well, you know, Tom Banton is a very special talent, and it and he as as somebody said, you know, he's committed himself. He hasn't gone to the the IPL. He wants to prove that he can play red ball cricket as a proper opening yep. order batsman, and I think he deserves the chance to show what he can do. And if he can't do it, fair enough. You know, he, he can be. Uh, labelled as a white ball cricketer, and he can ply his trade around around the world, and, and good luck to him. But if he wants to be a red ball batsman for Somerset, he should be given the chance to do it. Do you think maybe um, Banton's thirty eight in the last innings of the last friendly is probably possibly that's what might get him the opening berth? Before that, he scored fourteen, twelve, and fourteen, not facing that many balls. But maybe it's that final innings might tip him into the into that position whereas... I hope so I hope so he just needs yeah. to, to he just needs to learn to pick his shots to play each ball on its merits I think there are too many shots yeah. where he's premeditating uh, or you know he sees the ball coming down and his sort of white ball instincts take over and he plays, plays a poor shot and he walks back to the pavilion beating his back against his pad in, in frustration and it's it's shot selection hopefully Jim Trouton is you know can, can help him with all of that, because um, he's, a, he's a wonderful talent. But he's one of the best strikers of a cricket ball I've seen in, in many a long day. And I think Tom, Tom Lallenby is as well. But Lallenby and Byron opening, I mean, Tom Lallenby's opening style is a bit, um, you know, he doesn't go after the bowling. He's, he, I can't remember, in, in that century against Worcester, he, he occupied about 150 mm. balls over his first 50 runs. It was a fantastic innings because that's mm-hmm. what he had to do. But he, he doesn't go after it early on in his innings. And if you've got Eddie Byram poking around as well um, against the Middlesex seamers, where you've got Tim Murta, uh, Toby Roland Jones, possibly Roland Jones and Finn, Finn yeah, uh, James Harris, you know they are they they are, consi- they are serious bowlers. And if those bowlers are just allowed to bowl and bowl and bowl, batsmen who aren't taking the attack back to them, they're going to love that, especially on a greenish. Lord's pitch and and Bantam could just you know change that that um, that, that equation if, if you like by going after the the, 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 uh, the bowling to a certain extent again choosing his shots uh, and not getting frustrated I've seen him get frustrated when he when he can't get the ball away he just needs to do do a Lamanby as well Lamon, one of Lamanby's greatest assets is patience. You know, he will wait and wait and wait and wait and wait if they're bowling well at him. And then when the right ball comes along, he will hit it for four or even hit it, hit it for six. And Tom Banton needs to show some of that patience. But also, can I just say the caveat that it was white ball, the 50-over competition in 2019, let's not forget Banton played, two, I think he got 200. He got certainly got 100 at Worcester in the quarterfinal. Yeah, and one against and 10. he played some... And won against Kent right at the start of the competition. But he played the, the longer form. He's not just a 2020 guy. He did pace his innings well in those games. And, you know, I've got a feeling that Troughton might have been involved coaching him when he was at Warwickshire years oh, yeah. ago, because Troughton's been coaching for a long time. And I just, 
you always look, don't you, a bit deeper than you probably should. But I just wonder whether there might be a connection there. But I, I agree. I think he is a generational talent, and we're not we're not that flush with solid, reliable, eight hundred runs a championship season batsmen that we can afford to say, "Thanks, Tom. You know, you can play the T Twenties and go and enjoy yourself in that other competition." We're not going to mention. <laughs> um, but I think the other thing to say, looking at it from the other side, let's not forget. Dan, you said about Middlesex where they finished. Their batting was pretty fragile last year. They, they're probably a similar group of Middlesex fans would be saying something similar and saying we're very reliant on our bowlers. Um, and you've got Murta, Roland, Jones, and Finn who've all had quite a lot of injury problems in the last few seasons. So there's an awful lot of similarities in that way that you know. It could be it could be a, a really interesting well of course it would be an interesting game because we love our red ball cricket but uh i was, trying, I, I was thinking of, we've got gloucestershire then the week after haven't we back at staunton is that right uh, yeah yeah and then we go to Leicester. Leicester. so i'm just looking at my cricketer wall chart here uh <laughs> and then middlesex at taunton mm-hmm. and then we yeah. are i'm trying to work out where i am now may so our first game after the break is, well, when we can have fans back in, is at Bristol, which we discussed earlier. Then we've got a break, uh, and then we have New Zealand at the Cooper Associates County Ground, which will be the first game back, uh. barring any further uh, <laughs> COVID mishaps or uh, or proclamations from the powers that be to tell us uh, what we can and can't do. Um Oh, did you see my uh, April Fool I put out from the um, the Side of Life account um, about organising a coach trip to the 100 game? Yeah. Unf- I enjoyed yours as well, Dan, about the, the Hildreth one. That's not aged well, because I've had about three or four tweets uh, <laughs> giving me a bit of stick, saying, uh, what are you doing that for? Why are you coming along supporting Somerset? <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's not the kind of thing that's Im- immediately obvious. So just, just for clarification, we are not organising a coach trip to Cardiff on the 27th of July to uh, to, uh, to watch Hula Hoops against, um, is it Skips or whoever. You haven't got to do any, any work on that, have you, Gibbo? You're not being seconded up to BBC Wales to do any 100 stuff, are you? I'm not, no, no. Well, I, I don't know, but I... But I <laughs> no, I think um, I should be commentating on Somerset's Royal London Cup campaign, oh, in which we'll be missing eight or nine mm. of the first team players. But it'll be great to see the youngsters. Will be, yeah. Um, mm. Give them a real chance. I want to see some of these young quick bowlers, Casey Aldridge and Ned Leonard and, and co, and see, and see what they can do. And, you know, it'd be good to see some more of Will Smead under... A bit less pressure, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm look, looking forward to the whole season. And don't forget, Anthony's still hoping for the call to go and commentate on whatever T10 competitions around the world. <laughs> possibly get an invite. <laughs> yeah, did you see? Did you see Tom Abel bowling the last over in one of those T10 competitions? Yeah, he went for one. He went for what? Well, yeah, he went for, and he took a wicket. Mm. And I, I said this to him Fantastic. during the um, pre-season press conference last week. Are you going to bowl yourself at or can Lewis Gregory bowl you at the death in, in T20? And typical, typical Tom. He said, "Oh, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. I may have only gone for one in that over, but I went for twenty in the other." <laughs> Played it with a very straight bat. I saw that, didn't he? Give he was. Uh, he came on. He came on very early in the Gloucestershire T in the first Gloucestershire T20 in pre-season. 
He came on for like the seventh or eighth over, which you know, he means he trusts himself to have a bowl in T20. Mm-hmm. So he might see it a bit more this year. Not well, a seventh of death, but he might be a, he might be a preferable alternative to Lewis Gregory, who went at around twelve and over in the big bash for the Brisbane mm-hmm. and and they stopped yeah. bowling towards the end. Yeah, he was playing a specialist batsman, batting about five, wasn't he? Was absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I don't particularly want to discuss the rule under one day cup side yet, but we've got a good. Uh, a good I'm strangely excited there, about I that. Am, I'm am. strangely excited about the prospect of that. Mm. You know, because I, I think one thing is for certain: we might play quote the youngsters. I think we'll take it very seriously, mm. and I think that might be the competition. You know, counties who haven't had players lost to that other competition might rest and send people out on breaks and whatever, and then it'll make it for us a a, re, a very winnable competition. I think I think it's our best chance of uh, of winning the trophy this year. I think the championship will be very difficult. Um, I think our bowling is. I think too weak. Ian, I think if we get into the top, I think if we get into the top group. The championship is very winnable. Mm. I think for me, it's getting into that top group that's the very that's tough. the challenge. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah, absolutely agree there. Do, do you think we, when we've got March and Delanger, mm. what about for the um, Vitality Blast, an overseas player, assuming we're not going to get Fabrazan because he'll be in the reorganised or rescheduled PSL? Difficult one, I think. Um, <sighs> On all the press conferences and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the pre-season media blurb, it was all very much from Andy Hurry that players are very keen to avoid bubbles if and when they can. Um, you know, it's it's adding a month onto your your stint away from home, doing you two weeks in and, and you two weeks <laughs> going back. So it's it's a real it's a real tough sell at the moment. Um, other counties assign players, mm-hmm. so don't see why we can't. Uh, um, quite a few recently, quite a few signings. Jimmy Neesham to Essex, for example. Sean Abbott mm-hmm. to Surrey today. So we need someone. We definitely need to get someone. Yeah. It needs to be a, probably a top order batsman. Um, I was hoping for that Finn Allen. He's uh, lit up the New Zealand Super Smash this winter, but Lancashire got there first. He's the kind of player I hope we were in for. But uh, yeah, someone, someone like him, so, you know, a top order batter really to mm-hmm. replace Pabba at the top of the order. Because right. we won't win the T Twenty without another overseas player, you know. Yeah. We've we've been we've been mid table the last two years, you know. That was with overseas players, so we need we need someone definitely. You should have qualified mm. last year. Mm. I've never heard you say that before, Gibbo. I mean, that's a <laughs> yeah, new one on me. I think Gloucester needing what was it? Thirteen off the last over, or thirteen off the last over. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. I seriously wonder whether Matthew Wade might be an option because he's a plays a lot in the T20s. He had a tremendous time with Tasmania before he got called into the Aussie side, and he was supposed to be coming last year. So the way Somerset operate, yeah. they do tend to keep their connections. And what about Chris? What about Australia? Chris might be a country. Oh, no, he's never. He's never played. Never played. Has he been signed by Lynn. I don't believe so. No. But he doesn't play IPL either, does he? I think he just sticks to his domestic Australian. Lynn plays IPL, but I don't think... Well, he's in. he's been in squads. I don't think he's first choice that often. Not sure if he's there this year or not. I don't know. He's very destructive. I've, yeah, he's a good player. And Banton yeah, and oh, yeah. 
yeah that would be a nice one that's got that's got me got me thinking as well yeah i like that you need someone like that you know someone who's going to put mm. the fear of god in in the opposition bowlers and i think you know tom banton needs someone up the top with him with a bit of experience uh, i think you know when he batted with barbara zan back in 2019 it was the perfect situation for for him with you know Baba being so assured and and it gave Tom the, the the freedom to play his shots and to try things on and and you know that it came off and it takes takes the pressure protects the pressure off a young batsman like that if you've got someone really top class at the other end. From a personal point of view, I'm just so glad we have some Somerset cricket. I got as you know, I watched quite a lot of the IPL. I watched quite a lot of the Big Bash. I couldn't really get into the England tour as much as I thought I should. I thought I was going to be desperate to see Red Bull cricket and wasn't. And it was only about a week, 10 days ago that I really sort of got fired up. The cricket season is coming. Uh, and it's, I don't know, don't know why. I just, I just took it that I think mentally my, my cricketing soul was so empty at the end of last season, mm. having not been to games, having not had a full season and it's that, and I, I did a blog post today just trying to express it. You 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 build up a store of, of cricket that can get you yeah. through the winter. And, you know, this time last year, we didn't know if we'd see any cricket. And, and thank God we did. And thank God Anthony was able to get to games and give us such great coverage of the games he went to. And it gave us something. Mm. But it, it the season for me finished when it shouldn't have done. Mm. And I'm just... I, you know, mentally, it's been so tough for all of us. And I, I think the Somerset supporters that, you know, follow us on Twitter and listen to this and read our various posts and whatever, I'm just mm. so looking forward to that interaction. And funnily enough, <laughs> one of the things that made me happiest was last week, Peter Wanless was on the Today programme talking about his day job as chief exec of the NSPCC. And I was like, he's a Somerset supporter, great. And that, you know, it's just little things like that. So, you know, God bless Anthony. Thank you for, for, for freezing yourself after death up at Lords for us. And it's a pleasure. You know, you can guarantee you can guarantee that we're all gonna be much as I've enjoyed your bike rides around the beautiful part oh, yeah. of the world you live in. I'm, I'm much more looking forward to hearing your dulcet tones at Lords on Thursday. It's very kind. I I tell you the one thing I'm hoping for, and that's some decent pitches. Yeah. You know, some good, hard, good batting pitches that deteriorate over the course of a game that offer something for the seamers, bit of bit of pace, ball coming onto the bat for the batsman, then a little bit of help for Jack Leach towards the uh, towards the towards the back end. The pitches last season and you know, you can't blame the groundsman for this because because of all of the COVID and all of that, but there were some pretty dreadful pitches around, not least the one at, the one at Northampton where the game finished on two days and poor Tom Lavenby was out twice in the space of a day <laughs> for a grand total of one run. Um, but I really hope we get some we get some good pitches and uh, because you know playing the playing the county championship at the bookends of the uh, of the season is it's, mm. it's not a recipe for <laughs> batting success in, no. in all of us. Um, no, but, you know, no. But it would be, it would be, you know. Let's hope we get some good, good pitches and some, some really good cricket, and that Somerset's young batsmen really show what they can do. Anthony, I couldn't agree more, and I think that sounds like a very positive note on which to end our first podcast of the season. Best of luck to Tom Abel and the boys up at uh, Lords in a couple of days' time. 
But for uh, Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom and Anthony Gibson, I'm Ian Shepherd, and we will catch you next time on Always Look on the Bright Side of Life.